Welcome to another episode of the Kingdom Switch podcast, where we dig deep into Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you besides. We're going to unwrap kingdom culture, kingdom benefits, and therefore kingdom lifestyle. I'm Trish Jones, and with me is Susan Fleming Speesman. And just to say, it's all good. Hey there, just a quick heads up. This is part one of a two-part episode. It wasn't intended to be, but we went a little bit long. And so as to respect your time, we've decided to split this up. You are going to want to listen to the end. Trust me on this one. Okay. Hey, everybody. This is Trish. And today I am with Susan Fleming Speesman. And some good news, actually. Am I allowed to share, Susan? That we're going to be doing this podcast all the time together. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can call her co-host now. And host yes. sometimes as well. Yes, officially co-hosting. Excellent, yeah. So this is another episode of Kingdom Switch. And today we are going to be talking about manifestation. And I'm just going to give a little bit of a backstory about how this came about. I did say in the last episode that I would be talking about this because last time I said about what we hear and from Mark, sorry, not Mark, is Mark 4, 24. And I said, the thoughts to which we give to the truth that we hear is the measure that it will come back to us. And so basically, as I said, what you focus on expands. So this time, I don't want to just talk about hearing. I want to move on and talking about seeing. So seeing the evidence of what we have been praying for. I decided that I was going to do this episode and then I just happened to say to Susan, hey, do you want to record with me? And Susan said, absolutely. (laughs) This is a hot button topic for me at the moment. And yeah, I was just on social, stirring the pot a little bit. Somebody (laughs) had some things to say about manifestation and I was on a roll and it was the exact moment that you came and asked me, do you want to do it? And I'm like, absolutely. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. And you said that you'd been researching it as well, weren't you? When I actually asked you, you said you'd been doing some research on manifestation. Yeah. Before yeah. we actually really get going, I want you to tell us how many times did you say manifestation was in the King James Version? 39 times. Wow. The word, I didn't even look at all the different forms, manifesting, manifestation, all that, but just manifest. Yeah, it was 39 times. Wow. We do want to make this really clear, right? This is a caveat. We are not talking about manifesting in terms of new age manifesting. And I think that this is a problem that too many Christians have when they don't understand something and they've heard the term from the new age people, they automatically say, it's a new age thing. But I've got news for everybody that Jesus was doing miracles way before the guru started picking up on this and started talking about manifestation. Miracles were happening way before. Jesus has been telling us to believe. What do we do if we're not believing? It's like asking Mm -hmm. for an answer to prayer and still focusing on what was and looking at the rotten tree rather than looking at the tree over the other side that's got all the fruit on. (laughs) We've got to know where to fix our focus. So yeah, we want to make that very clear. We're talking about manifesting from our reborn, recreated spirit. Yeah. So Susan, 
Were you given pause to let me talk and I didn't fill the space? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, because sometimes I think I talk too much and I want Susan to talk more. (laughs) No, I just, I just, I'm just in agreement with everything that you're saying. There's so many things in the earth right now that we have given over to the enemy. And this is one of them. And it's time that we take it back. This is our language. This is our culture. This is something our enemy, I don't even like to say his name, but he is not a creator. He can't create anything. So everything that we have has been created by God. And by saying this is new age or categorizing it as something else other than the true nature of what it is, then you're lending your agreement to the enemy to continue having hold of it. And we've got to take it back. We've got to come back and say, this is our domain. We are to have dominion. That's what we've been told we're here for. So we got to stop lending our agreement to the enemy and take back the things that are ours, which is all of it. (laughs) Amen, sister. Amen. I think one of our problems is I was talking to Chris about this the other day, and I said, we've grown so accustomed to If something is bad, right, if you go online and somebody starts talking about the devil or praying harder, praying in tongues longer, reading your Bible for longer, God says, don't do this. Let me tell you the amount of people that will be attracted to that video. The minute we Mm -hmm. start talking about who we are in him and the abundant life that he promised, people start questioning. People start having a problem. Yeah. And it's because they don't know who their daddy is. Who's yeah. your daddy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't know and they don't believe. Even if they have the head knowledge of it, they don't believe it. And that's why you don't see them manifesting fruit. Say that again. What you believe is what you're going to see acted out in your behavior. So if you don't know who you are, you don't know your identity in Christ. You don't know who God is. If you don't actually believe those things, then you're not going to manifest fruit. Wow. And I remember years ago coming home from taking Elodie to school one day and God spoke to me so clearly about being double-minded. And I was mm. like, it felt like God was roughing me up. <laughs> But when I looked into it, what God was saying was, you're asking me one thing, but you're thinking something else. And that's Mm. what a double-minded man does. It's like, on the one hand, he'll just keep confessing, confessing, I'm healed until somebody steps on his toe and suddenly I'm sick. And I realized that's what I was doing. I was asking God and in prayer, I was saying, this is what I wanted. But once I said, amen, and amen means so let it be right? Mm -hmm. I should leave it there and let it be as I've asked. I would start looking at my circumstances, looking at what's going on. And that's what I saw even more than the prayer that I'd made. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely where we can get into trouble and let doubt come in when we start looking around at the circumstances and not keeping our eyes focused on God. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. So, I just want to say that in that scripture that I mentioned the last time, and this is actually Mark 4, 12, 
Jesus said, seeing they see and perceive not, right? Mm. When he was saying about seeing, they're seeing, but they're not perceiving. He's going beyond the natural eye and he's talking about a heart posture, right? What are they actually believing in their heart beyond seeing something with the natural eye? And the reason, again, I know that we keep saying this, but <laughs> I'm going to be like Kenneth Hagin when they asked him in his church once, when are you going to stop talking about faith? And he said, when you get it. So <laughs> we're going to keep talking yeah. and plugging away at our identity yeah. in Christ until people really get it. Because I believe that there is a shift going on right now where God is saying, I need you to believe my word because the enemy mm is trying everyone's talking about revival and everything right now if people think that the christians are going to start talking about revival and seeing a harvest of souls and the devil's not going to kick up a stink we best mm. wake up because he's not happy right now but we have authority over our thoughts but we want to blame everything else and everybody else. If I take offense at what somebody says, I've taken offense, right? Can't yeah. rely on the fact that somebody who isn't mature enough, doesn't like me or whatever, is going to say things about me. It's my response to what somebody else says. So in Colossians 2.15, we see where Jesus stripped Satan of all his power over our lives. He disarmed Satan of his authority and in Mark 16, 70 to 20, Jesus again says, all power and authority has been given over to him. And he's given that power and authority to us. And it's what we are doing with that power and that authority that is making an mm. impact on our lives or otherwise right now. Absolutely. Because Satan doesn't have any. None. Zero. Zero. Nada. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I don't think people grasp the reality of that. He has none. That's why he attaches himself to you because he needs yours to do anything in the earth. He can't be here without you. Like y'all need to grab that. Okay. He, he can, yeah, yeah, like a disease. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a virus. Yes. He needs a host. Yeah. He can't be here without you giving your agreement. Absolutely. Like the words that come out of your mouth are so incredibly powerful. He can't read your mind. He cannot read your mind. So what you're speaking out every day is what you're putting agreement to whether it's to one side or the other. And so we've got to really get intentional about what we're saying, what we're speaking, the things that that we're giving our agreement to because our enemy has zero power without us. Yeah. And when we when the Bible talks about the fact that Jesus effectively cut sin off at the root, right? We actually don't believe that root is cut off because we live by our external and our five senses rather than our recreated spirit. And my spirit wasn't patched up. Your spirit wasn't patched up, Susan, when you gave your life to Jesus Christ. We got a brand new spirit. And imagine the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. 
but mm. we walk around like orphan children, like we don't have a Holy Spirit. And I know that people use the term inside out all the time. And that's where manifestation comes from. And I actually said this earlier, or rather, I should say that it's in my notes where I said manifestation begins in your spirit, but it has to be released through your thoughts. Mm. We've already got it. The healing that we want, we've already got it. The thing that we want, the desires that we want, we've already got it. But yep. we have Everything's to. Everything's already ours. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm just saying everything is already given. It's already ours, right? Our full inheritance is there for us to have now. You get your inheritance when someone else dies, not when you die. Ooh, that's right. Unless you're the prodigal son, and then you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Give me what I've got to get now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But when Jesus died, we then had full access to the full inheritance, and we're still living as orphans. So you've got to shift your mind to believe, I already have it. And then you can receive it. Yeah. So many things, so many people are just continually praying, asking God for things he's already given because they don't recognize it's already there. And I just have to believe that it's there and then I can walk in it. Yeah. Feed on your faith. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Susan, you actually said, because you're a word nerd, right? And you actually did mm -hmm. some, some word study on the word manifest? Not to the degree that I normally do. So I wouldn't say I, I word nerded on this one. Oh, you didn't? Um, oh, you're but, just a little word nerd today. Yeah. So just the basic definition is just to make apparent. Wow. Okay. Just to make apparent. So it's just like you were saying about the perception. Are you seeing it or are you perceiving it? Wow. Wow. Hebrews 11 comes to mind. You got your Bible there, Susan. Go for it, Susan. I want, if, can you read it? What do you want me to read? 11 Hebrews one? 11. I think up to verse 6 or something, somewhere like that. Verse 6 or 1 through 6? One, 1 to 6. Let me do all of it. Okay. Now, faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed. Of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see, and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. For by faith the men of old had divine testimony borne to them and obtained a good report. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed, fashioned, put in order, and equipped for their intended purpose by the word of God, so that what we see was not made out of things which are visible. Prompted by faith, Abel brought God a better and more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, because of which it was testified of him that he was righteous, and God bore witness by accepting and acknowledging his gifts. And though he died, yet through the incident he is still speaking. Because of faith, Enoch was caught up and transferred to heaven so that he did not have a glimpse of death. He was not found because God had translated him. 
For even before he was taken to heaven, he received testimony still on record that he had pleased and been satisfactory to God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would come near to God must believe that God exists and that he is the rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently seek him out. Whoa. That... (laughs) I just want you to go back and read. I think it's verse one and two again, please. Yeah, yeah. So I'm in the Amplified Version, so that gives all the... That's good, yeah. (laughs) Now, faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality, faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Right faith what is it revealed as sorry faith not true facts faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses okay so in other words you might not see it with your physical eye you may not be able to touch it you can't smell it you can't taste it and what's the other one whichever one the other five the oh you can't hear it right you can't hear it that's the fact but the truth or God's reality, because in the Greek, apparently, truth is God's reality. So what mm. is God's reality on our situation? So mm. God's reality is that it is already finished. God's reality mm. is that Jesus died so that we might have life and we might have it in more abundance. The reality is the desires that we have in our heart is the desires that God put in there. So when we say that we want this thing, so long as it's, uh, I always say, not your neighbor's husband or wife. My neighbor, I'm just saying, (laughs) my neighbor's got no chance. (laughs) Sorry, mate. But yeah, so long as it's not sin that you are focusing on, we have to understand those desires that are God's desires for us. And it's okay for us to have those desires because God gave them to us. But if, if we're not living in the God reality and we're focusing on our five senses, that's where we're struggling to manifest because we can't see, we can't perceive with our hearts mm. what God has done for us. Mm. Susan, one of the biggest fears that I have One of the biggest fears that I have, I shouldn't tell devil for my fears, but one of the biggest fears I have, (laughs) devil, I don't want to get to heaven and look in Jesus's eyes and he says to me, I've always loved you. I've loved you so much. And I didn't even get a glimpse, a 1% of knowing what that love felt like here on earth. Because... I don't know about you, Susan, when you're growing up, I'm sure there have been times when your parents have said no to you over something and you think they're horrible. They don't like me. Well, you might not think they don't like me, but you think they're horrible, right? Why can't I have? Why can't I have? Until they explain that not now, right? Not now. You can't have those size six pair of shoes, love, because you'll fall over them. You're only size four. (laughs) And that's how we are with God. Often we go to him and we, I think we mentioned this in the last episode, we go to him and we ask him for something. And he says, not now, because we're not ready. And we take that as a no. And we walk around with a wounded spirit, not realizing that God loves us, that if it means that he doesn't give us something, 
to protect us, he will withhold that thing. But then people approach God with that mentality for everything. I'm asking. Mm. Mm. And especially when it comes to sickness, don't start me off on that. If well, it wills. Yeah, it just shows the immaturity. To kind of have you kind of have your little tantrum when God says no, and it just that same analogy like you were just saying with a kid. We are His kids, and we show our maturity level <laughs> yeah. in the way that we respond to Him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and because we're supposed to have a dialogue with Christ, I think there's a difference with you're praying, but you know that it's going to come to pass, even though it's not going to be today. But you know that the answer is yes. I think I've talked about this before on a previous episode when my daughter, and I'm not revealing anything that I shouldn't be revealing because she's got her own video up about it, when she decided that God doesn't exist anymore and she was just going to copy her friends and do what she wanted. And I was just like, God, I'm not losing my child. I've always said if it comes to when it comes to ministry and some people are like, oh, the church, the people in the church, I'm like, God, no, my child first, right? My household mm. first. And I just took one scripture and I just kept praying on that one scripture. And I actually said to God, there are times when I come to you and I'm not sure what the answer is going to be. But this one, the only answer is yes. Mm. The only answer is yes. And, and I just kept praying that one scripture over and over and I could just see her saved I could see her just being a fireball for God and I'm not saying that I wanted her to be a preacher I just mean that her life would speak volumes and I was in bed one morning and I hear ping on my phone and I'm thinking 7 30 who is texting me this time of the morning <laughs> and it was her and she sent me a scripture and I was like oh that's really nice and the next morning 7 30 ping I'm like really I looked and it's her again, another scripture. So I rang her up and I said, Elodie, what's going on? Two mornings in a row, you're sending me a scripture. You're okay? <laughs> she said, yeah, mommy, I didn't tell you, did I? That I started reading my Bible again. And I re rededicated my life to Jesus. Honestly, right? <laughs> I, God is just so good. God is just so good. And I did still keep praying after. I didn't stop. I didn't stop there, but I wasn't going to stop because the only answer for me was yes. I didn't know whether it was going to take three months and it was up to four months. And I'm telling you, Susan, sometimes at two, three o'clock in the morning, it was just me and Jesus and the angels because I think they enjoyed it too. Down in the, oh, actually, yeah. the whole of us, the whole of us downstairs in the living room, me pacing up and down yeah. the living room because I was not going to rest until mm. I saw the answer. Yeah. And that's the faith, confirmation of, what does it say? Confirmation of the things we hope for, being the proof of the things we don't yet see. Yeah. yeah. I, I had no choice but to see it with my heart. And if she, yeah. if she, and she started getting a bit, because Elodie's not really lippy, although every teenager can be sometimes, but it was like she knew everything. And so everything you said to yeah. her, like, who are you, you old woman? And <laughs> even when I would think she's going off, the, not off the rails as such, because she wasn't out all the time or whatever, but I would just have to see her the way that God see, sees her. 
And I remember one day Chris yeah. coming to me and saying, Pat, no matter what has happened, we have to see Elodie the way that Jesus sees her. And sometimes, yeah. let me tell you, I didn't want to see her. <laughs> I, didn't, I, I couldn't see her. <laughs> I couldn't see her like that because I'm like, mm. wow, you were raised in church and now God doesn't even exist as far as you're concerned. And you're just going to live your life the way you want to live your life. But yeah, I had to do that. And I had to see her the way that God saw her as well as I could. And, uh, yeah. and just keep praying, standing on his word, standing on truth. And that's how you manifest. Absolutely. That's how you, that's, it's that simple. I'm not saying it's easy, but it's that simple, right? That you're standing in agreement with God to bring heaven to earth because the reality, his truth is that in heaven, Elodie is already counted. Amen. It was already done yeah. before Amen. the foundation of the world. Amen. And so you were just bringing that manifesting into the earth. That's what it looks like for us to partner with God, agree with his word and bring into the earth the things of heaven. Yeah. And sometimes, Susan, I think that we got to get a little bit of righteous indignation. <laughs> you know what mm -hmm. I mean? When I say righteous indignation, it's like mm -hmm. devil, no, you ain't getting my child. It's as simple as that. Yeah. And we have yeah. to be resolute and say, I'm standing firm and I'm not budging. I'm not budging on this. This is what I believe. And I'm just, as I said, there, there is no. The only answer is yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you're exercising the authority and the power that you have. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And at the time, Susan, I'm being honest with you. I didn't look at it and analyze and say, oh, I'm doing this. Oh, I'm doing that. I was just, right. no, there was no analysis. There yeah. was just, yeah. my child is not going to hell mm -hmm. while she's here. I didn't raise no lukewarm child. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want a religious fanatic, but I want somebody who's in love with Jesus. And one of the things that Chris and I prayed often when we prayed for Elodie was that she had her own encounter with Jesus. So we already touched on this a little bit, but let's go a little bit further into the fact that the enemy, he doesn't know your thoughts. He doesn't have control of your thoughts. I think that really speaks to what you were saying about Elodie, though, is not the enemy, not your friends. Like no, nobody else has control over what's happening in your mind but you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like I said, even when it didn't look like it was going in the direction that I wanted it to go in, I had to stand firm and say, no matter what I see with my natural eyes, I perceive in my heart that what I've prayed for, God has already answered. And it's just for me to just keep speaking it. And let me just quickly touch on that as well about the speaking and speaking. A few years ago, I was friends with somebody and they were very much into new age things. And one minute they were born again, next minute they were doing new age stuff and they were just like really confused. And this is why I said to you, Susan, by the way, that I didn't want to send you a copy of my book because I want to change it because I talked about something in there called scripting. And it's not that I disagree with scripting because I do think that we can write things down until we get it right. I like to call it scripturizing now, but I realize that I'm not saying things or writing things over and over because the universe is going to open up to me and I'm putting my fingers up to do the quotation marks, by the way, because the universe is going to open up to me if I just keep repeating over and over. 
I repeat those scriptures so that my ear gate can hear it so that I believe what mm. I'm saying. <laughs> because God, al- yeah. God already knows what he's done. I don't need to convince God. I don't need to put God's hand behind his back and say, "You please, will you do this? I need to, co- I need convincing. And so I'm saying it as a reminder that this is mm-hmm. what Jesus says. And right now I might not believe it, but I am going to keep saying it until I believe it. And yep. to me and that word that I'm speaking is one. Yep. Yeah. And science backs that up as well. I know we've talked a little bit about this on a previous episode, how that rewiring the subconscious, you have to speak it out so your brain can hear it. And you do that for so many days after so many days, What it's actually growing new neural pathways for you to believe that thing that you're saying what you're telling me is not something that i don't know but sometimes we forget what we've been Mm -hmm. told and what Mm -hmm. i'm thinking is when the bible says the word becomes flesh Mm. yeah it's physical what it's saying is the word becomes physical and have you ever heard of dr caroline leaf Mm -hmm. yeah so i've got a number of her books here it takes me a long time to get into them because I'm not so science minded. So science was not my favorite subject at school. <laughs> the, the, the only one I was very good at was human biology. <laughs> okay. I didn't do so good with science either, but if really? you can re- relate it to me, like me personally, then it, it would make more sense. But yeah, as an abstract concept there, yeah, I didn't do well in oh, science okay. at all. Oh, okay, okay. I would have thought that you were very sciencey. Yeah. But she talks about how when we have, she talks about trees. Have you ever seen her do a demonstration with the two trees? No. Whoa. You need to go check that out. It's really fascinating. She's got these two trees that she takes with her everywhere when she's speaking. And one of them has got hardly any branches on and just looks dead. And the other one is just flourishing, fat and flourishing. Mm -hmm. And in her book, she talks about when we are negative and we think negative thoughts what actually happens in the body and there's a list as long as your arm of all the things that can happen in your body and yet when we speak love as you say the neuro Mm. neurons we have new neurons is that what you said the neural pathways yeah yeah but she actually talks about the fact that our is it the neurons actually grow? Yeah, new cells will grow, neurons will grow. Yeah, it's rejuvenating to the whole body when you're speaking about love or positive things or it just takes me back to Philippians 4, whatever is true, whatever is honest, whatever is just, pure, lovely, all the all those good things. When you're thinking about those things and speaking about those things, it's actually, yeah, regenerating cells in your body okay so i've actually just found it right she says if your thought life is toxic you have toxic memories physically built into the nerve network of your mind now i'm showing susan the picture but i know you guys can't see it but it's in her book can you see it but it's in her Mm -hmm. book who switched off my brain and she you know they talk about brain fog apparently our neuro pathways i don't know the technical term so if i've got it wrong please doctors don't come after me it gets fuzzy and it gets overcrowded and so brain fog is a physical 
thing. It's not just, oh, I just feel really weird. And she said, when you start focusing on love, those, that's what happens. It's not that it grows. Some of them die off. Like, apparently, if you speak negative and you're negative all the time, your neuro pathways connect in a way that they shouldn't connect. Does that make sense? And then when you start speaking love, apparently those unneeded, is that a word? Unnecessary, Mm -hmm. unnecessary neuro pathways actually die off. And the simplicity really shocked me. I don't know if I can find it now, but she's got a list, as I said, of the things that happen when you are negative and all of the issues. And then when you start speaking love, it literally is like the fruits of the spirit love joy health peace and i'm like whoa so when we're negative and we're focusing on the wrong thing we actually complicate our lives you're manifesting the negative in your body yeah yeah absolutely wow wow so yeah you've said that already uh, susan about philippians 4 8 whatsoever things are true whatsoever things are honest whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. I never forget the first time, and then I'm going to tell you a story about how I manifested a car. It's a true story. Brand new car as well. Yeah. I remember the first time I heard somebody talking about imagination was one of my pastors at church. And he was watching a John Cleese. I don't know whether it was a movie or a series. Do you know who John Cleese is? The Faulty Towers? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And he was watching, anyway, something of his. And he was in the doctor's surgery. And he was impatient. He wanted to get in to see the doctor. And he barged in. And the doctor said, no, you're going to have to wait outside. So he waits outside. And he sees all of these people coming out of the doctor's surgery. And they look kind of miserable because they may not have got the good report or they don't feel well. And he sits there and he says, is this as good as it gets? And Pastor Mm. Simon said, God spoke to him and said, this is what my people are like. They see their situation and they say, is this as good as it gets? Yeah. But in order to change, in order to change that, we have to do what Philippians 4, 8 says. We have to focus on the truth and God's reality and the things that are good, pure, honest, lovely. But sometimes I think we find it hard to do that because we've been so dominated in the church by thinking that we have to go around with sackcloth and ashes and beat ourselves. Mm. Did you ever do Luther at school? Did you ever do the book Luther? No. As in Luther from 16th century, whatever. No. No good. idea what you're talking about. No clue. Didn't do English literature. Um, what was his? Oh, I can't even think of his proper name now. But anyway, he was part of the Reformation. He was he, I would say, was the instigator of the Reformation and started mm-hmm. querying certain things in the Catholic Church. He was the one that recognized that uh, about living by oh, faith. Martin Luther. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you now. I thought you were talking about like a fictional person. (laughs) Oh, you mean that silly program that they have on TV? No, I don't don't know. Yeah, I don't watch (laughs) those things, Susan. No, I don't watch those things. Yeah, sorry. Thank you. Yeah, I shouldn't be Martin Luther. Yeah. Yeah. And he said at one point that he thought that if you put glass on the stairs and then you went up the stairs on the glass on your knees, 
that was you proving to God how much you love God. And uh, I'm telling you, as Christians, we may not put glass on the steps and walk up on our knees, but we do, we do the equivalent of beating yeah. ourselves up over stupid things Yeah, that God has mm. delivered us from. Wow. What a picture of that. What a picture that is. No. We do. We do that. Yeah. Absolutely. I, gosh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't think of anything wow. worse. My knees are hurting just thinking about it. Wow. Yeah. So we just, yeah, again, it just goes back to when you're acting that out, you're giving your agreement to a lie yeah. that we have to earn something yeah. or do something else or that, oh, I'm still just a sinner. And that's just, it's a lie. Saved by just, grace. Remember that bit. you got to say that yeah. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. If they were, yeah. if they understood the saved by grace part, they wouldn't be declaring all the time that I'm just a sinner. Exactly. Exactly. That's why I didn't say that part because they didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear. Yeah. You. Did I ever tell you the story about how I manifested a brand new car? No. That's tell me the story. I believed God for a new car, basically. But guess what? That's it for today, folks. We are ending on a cliffhanger. If you want to know how I believed God for a brand new car and what happened, you're going to have to listen to part two of this episode. Okay, see you over there.